Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. The Limit Does Not Exist is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. We're here to help you follow your curiosity, celebrate your individuality, and embrace the and, not the or. So you can turn everything you love into a custom-built career that's as unique and dynamic as you are. If you feel that one path may not be your only path, and you call yourself a human Venn diagram, then you are in the right place. Because when it comes to pursuing your passions, we believe the limit does not exist. Who are you on the internet? We spend a lot of time talking about who we are on this show, but today we're specifically exploring who we are on the World Wide Web. I don't think anyone calls it that anymore, Kate. I'm bringing it back. Netscape, anyone? Is that still a thing? Mm, not since 1999. Right. As you can see, if left to our own devices, <laughs> get it, devices like a phone. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there and right. introduce today's guest. <laughs> Maya Mann is an artist and technologist based in New York City who's building experiments at the Google Creative Lab. 
dancing in studios and public spaces, and maintaining her love-hate relationship with the internet, which she describes as mostly love. Maya's website is mayaontheinter.net, but her work doesn't just live on the internet. It's also lived in places like Times Square. She's created Mm -hmm. a prolific body of work, which she refers to as, quote, weird web things, and which we refer to as a digital playground where we just really want to hang out. If you're struggling to find your place on the internet, both creatively and as a human in general, you're going to find a lot of support and inspiration in this episode. So let's meet Maya, shall we? Let's do it. As someone who identifies as both an artist and a technologist, what do those terms mean for you and for your identity? What what aspects of your work do they describe? The technologist part <laughs> is really that I, I have a background in computer science. I love coding. And to me, that is just my medium. And that is the way that I create the artwork that I want to make. To me, being an artist means having the ability to bring an idea to life. And for me, technology is my way of doing that. Do you consider dance and movement your primary form of art? Or do you bring in other aspects as well? Dance for me has always been an art form that I've gravitated toward. As a kid, I could never stop moving. And I always, you know, every time I listened to music, I always wanted to be dancing all over the place. But for a long time, dance existed very separately from my interest in technology and my interest in math and science. And I always saw them as two parallel paths. I never saw them as two things that would overlap. So it really opened up my world when I realized there were these people that work at the intersection of art and technology and incorporate their own interests, whether that be in writing or design or photography. And for me, realizing that I could incorporate dance with my interest in technology was totally mind-blowing and exciting. And so a lot of my work does involve dance, and I think that's kind of my favorite intersection to work at. But I also like to explore other aspects of the way we interact with technology. Do you remember something specific or a specific moment that caused that revelation of, wait a minute, (laughs) this computer science and dance can come together? Like, is it something that you saw? Was there a a class that you took? How did you sort of start to find the cohesion between the different areas? My introduction to the world of creative technology in general came when I attended the very first P5JS conference at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, which was about five years ago. And that P5JS is a JavaScript graphics library, and it's part of the Processing Foundation. There, I met this community of artists and designers and educators, and P5 was founded, and the conference was being led by Lauren McCarthy. And it was so inspiring to see these people who came from all different backgrounds coming together over this new piece of technology, but also bringing in all of their interests together and having conversations about how the library should be or how they can make the platform more welcoming to people and all these different types of conversations. So that was the first time that I realized, okay, wow, there are people out there who are combining their what they love to do with technology. And I started thinking, <laughs> you know, what avenues do I have to combine dance with technology? Because that was my love outside of my computer science studies. And 
I started to learn a little bit about computer vision, and I was learning about it through OpenCV, which had a library on processing. And so I was playing around with using processing and computer vision, and I was able to get an analysis of videos of myself dancing that I was then able to manipulate and make different visuals that responded to the way that I moved. Uh, and that, to me, was my kind of gateway into the world of dance and technology. But there are plenty of people who, you know, for years have been experimenting at this intersection. But for me, that was the first time that I was exposed to that and was able to begin making work there. I love that Carnegie Mellon played such a big role in that. That is a school that is kind of well known for applying the intersections of technology with other art forms. They have a great theater program. They've got this incredible engineering school. So that was fantastic that they were able to play a small role yeah. in this conference. I really admire uh, the programs that they offer. And Golan Levin runs the Studio for Creative Inquiry down mm -hmm. there. He's done a great job of really curating a curriculum and fostering a community around the intersection of technology and the arts. So you attended Pomona College, where you double majored in computer science and media studies with a focus in digital production. Why those two majors? I started school deciding to study computer science, and I had taken a two-week coding course right before I left for college. It was my first exposure to coding ever, and I absolutely loved it. I'd always mm. loved math, and I loved physics before that, but learning how to code and realizing that I would have the ability to bring my ideas to life in that way was so exciting to me that I decided to major in computer science. And when I started studying computer science in school, I thought, you know, it seems like most people study computer science here and go on to become software engineers. And so that's probably what I'll do. <laughs> and, you know, I'll always be dancing on the side and I still mm. love art and design, but that wasn't something that was really going to you know, affect my choices in my computer science studies or future career mm. path at all. But it was really that at that conference, when I met all of those people who are part of the processing community, that I realized, you know, my interest in technology can be bigger than purely learning to code. I, I also love thinking about how technology affects people and the political and cultural consequences of media. And that's when I decided that I wanted to also be studying something like media studies, which focuses on theory. So how does technology affect people currently and in the past? And uh, at the same time, I, my focus was in digital production because I was interested in the application of media studies and how I could actually use my computer science knowledge to create things that I was proud to put into the world and contribute to the world of media. Those majors, for me, they really complemented each other nicely because in my computer science classes, we were constantly you know, talking about algorithms and optimizations and programming languages and, you know, bits and bytes. But we weren't really talking about the potential consequences of the technology that we were being taught how to create. And so after completing that double major, I really think that there should be more overlap between those two disciplines, because for me, they really complemented each other nicely. You were recently the lead technologist on a project at the Google Creative Lab, working with pioneering choreographer Bill T. Jones. And this project explored the intersections of art, tech, identity, and the body. So can you just fill us in on this magical merging of things, <laughs> please? And it feels like PoseNet might be a good place to start. 
PoseNet is a machine learning model that runs on TensorFlow.js. TensorFlow is Google's machine learning platform, and JS just means JavaScript. So that means that it's written in JavaScript, which is a coding language that runs in your browser. What PoseNet does is it analyzes an image, and it estimates where key points are on a person's body in that image. So it's been trained on thousands and thousands of images of people where someone has gone in and said, okay, this is where the person eyes are. This is where the elbow is in that image. And after seeing thousands of images like that, the machine learning model is able to start to guess when it sees a new image where a person's eyes are, or elbow is, or ankle is. And the exciting thing about PoseNet is that because it's on TensorFlow.js, it runs completely in the browser. So no images are ever sent to a server. It's completely private and runs locally on your machine. This is exciting for me as a technologist who's also a dancer because historically, to be able to analyze movement, you had to maybe use a Kinect, which was a special piece of hardware, or you had to use an expensive motion capture suit or like a 360-degree camera rig. Um, and PoseNet is really lightweight, so it just runs in the browser and it's as easy as going to a website to be able to check it out and try it. So how did you leverage PoseNet for this project with Bill T. Jones, who is... Amazing, by the way. Yes. I adore him. Yeah. So Bill T. Jones is a legendary choreographer, artist, director, writer. Bill T. Jones is a pioneer in thinking about, speaking about, and making work about the body. So when we were thinking about how an artist might use PoseNet, um, he was clearly going to be an exciting collaborator because he's already thought so much about dance and the body and storytelling through the body. We're interested to see how an artist of Bill T. Jones caliber would be interested in using a machine learning model like PoseNet. So what did you guys end up building together? Over a series of five workshops, we worked with him to see how he would use PoseNet and you know use that as a method for storytelling with his dancers. And so we ended up creating a collection of PoseNet experiments that now exist on online and anyone can go and try them out and they all involve body movement and language which is the title of the project that we worked on together and a lot of them use speech to text so a person can say something out loud and the words will appear on screen and then they can manipulate the words with their movement so it's a way for someone to tell a story that way. So Maya you wrote this great medium post on this project and we'll definitely link to it in the show notes and in that post you talk about that when you demoed PoseNet for Bill, his central question was not what are all the things it can do, but rather what do I want from it? And I love that you wrote that you learned this lesson by working with Bill in technological restraint that was essentially let the concept star and the technology play a supporting role. And I was so fascinated by that in this time when we're really looking at different ways that art can intersect with, be elevated by, be rediscovered with technology. What does that look like to you to let the concept be the star and for technology to support it? It was really exciting working with Bill because he really was focused on the meaning of what he was trying to convey and how powerful that would be. And you hear him ask the question, can this make me cry? And he's really interested in the emotion that something that you create evokes. And he's less interested in the specific media that it takes to get there. And that's a framework that I 
will carry with me, I think, for the rest of my career. Even though I'm a technologist and I'm very excited about technology, a technology like PoseNet is so exciting. It's a you know huge jump ahead. But at the same time, it's really a tool like any other artistic tool that people have used in the past, like a camera or even a paintbrush. It's to me and to Bill, he really saw it as a tool for artistic expression. And that was the way that he thought it should be used. And so in that Medium post, and as well in all of the work I make now, I like to think of the technology I'm using as a tool, not the focus itself. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You have created a bunch of really cool digital projects. And it's so great within them to see what you're just talking about really coming together. And I love that in your words, you describe them as weird web things. <laughs> like Truly to go on your website and look at your projects and also your, not just your primary Instagram account, Maya on the Internet, but your secondary account, Maya Making Things, really is this digital playground is kind of what it feels like. So tell us about a couple of weird web things or digital projects that you've made that you're excited about. One project that continues to give back to me that I really enjoyed creating is called Glanceback. I started creating it because I was thinking about that feeling when someone is staring at you for a really long time and you're not staring back at them and it's kind of awkward and you feel uncomfortable. And then I realized that that was how my computer felt because all day long I was staring at my computer and it didn't have a chance to look back at me. Oh my gosh. Um, so kind of jokingly, that was the... I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that was the reason that I created Glanceback, which is a Chrome extension. So if you have Chrome, anyone can add it. And basically, once a day at random, when you open a new tab, Glanceback will immediately take a photo of you. It happens super fast. You don't have time to like fix your hair, look cute at all. So it's usually me just <laughs> dead, you know, dead face staring at the screen. It takes a photo of you and then it asks, what are you thinking about and then you type in whatever you're thinking about at that time and then it logs that and then so slowly over time because it happens once a day you start to collect this kind almost like a daily diary of you interacting with your computer and I also love that for me when I'm usually on my computer I'm not thinking about myself being on the computer, I'm really focused on whatever I'm looking at on my screen. So I right. I also love that it really for me, disrupts my daily trance that I'm in when I'm looking at my screen. And I start to think, you know, wait, what am I thinking about? <sighs> and even now, when I look back at past glances that I've had, I remember these really mundane moments that it's captured where I was thinking about making a dinner reservation or I was searching certain song lyrics or small details like that that would be forgotten otherwise. Now they're forever archived. And also all of the photos are stored locally. So that means that they're not leaving your machine. They're not being sent to a server anywhere because I know the idea of a, your computer randomly taking a photo <laughs> of you could be, could feel pretty weird. Um, so yeah, you can feel like that they're, they're safe on your machine. I feel like I would end up just having a collection of my double chin, right? Like, <laughs> 
if you don't have a chance to even like fix your hair, it's going to be like my mouth hanging open, double chin, like not not a cute look. Yeah, no. And it's, <laughs> I love that idea of breaking the trance. It's like how I feel every time I open up my phone or I'm on my phone and I hit the camera and it's accidentally in selfie mode. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I look like. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's basically what it is. <laughs> but I love the context that that brings with it about yes, creating Kate, these moments of presence. Do you ever love the picture that is taken in that moment? No. no, exactly. No, but but my point is not about the picture. I it's know. really about I, I agree the mirror, right? Like it's about the mirror of seeing like this is me with eyes glazed over. I could have been like this for the last hour. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of what you're touching on, Maya, right? Like it's this bringing you to this moment of presence dropping in that I feel like for me can often get lost when I'm on my computer or on my phone. Definitely. And I spend most of my day looking at my computer because that's my job. <laughs> I never think, oh, now's a good time to take a photo of myself. So it's also this this documentation right. of how I spend most of my time, which is very funny. My favorite thing about it is seeing other people use it. And so friends or just people who have found it online will send me photos of all of their glance backs from, you know, months and months past. And it's really fun to see, you know, what they caption things or how the background changes and where they are. I love it. I'm getting it immediately after our conversation. So one of your other projects that I found fascinating is called Paint Me in Pixels So I Can Dance Forever. Tell us about that. How did that idea come to you? What was the process? I started that piece thinking about how dance, when you're watching dance in real life off screen, it's very ephemeral. It lasts only for a moment. You see a movement for a second and then it's gone. And that's the way mm. it's meant to be. But I, then I started thinking about, you know, by rendering myself or anyone else dancing on screen, how can I kind of manipulate that process to create a different perspective on watching someone dance or watching a video of myself dancing. And so thinking about that question, I started imagining what it would look like to have every single movement that I perform layered continually on screen. So nothing is ever left behind. Everything I do would kind of stick on the digital canvas. And that was the thinking behind paint me in pixels so I can dance forever. Because once you are rendering a dancer in pixels, you can do whatever you want. They could last on screen infinitely, which is not the way that dance exists in real life. But I wanted to push on that a little bit. And so I created the piece using processing and OpenCV and basically it analyzes a video of myself dancing and then continually as I'm moving my form is layered over and over and over so by the end of the piece you have this unique digital portrait of the movement that was just performed that was continually generated by whatever moves in the moment I improvised. This piece was shown in Times Square in New York. How yeah. did that happen? Yeah, so this piece was shown because I was a part of a curation by Decode Experiential. Me, along with a bunch of other new media artists, were asked to submit a piece um, to go up on these big screens before they became ads, which was really exciting. I know two of the women who were curating the group of artists, reached out to me and asked if I would like to be involved and what piece I would want to submit. And I was super excited. And so I decided to 
submit that piece because, you know, I loved imagining it on really huge screens in an already very busy space. But having it be this very human movement and form to me is an interesting thing to combine with technology, which is often feels kind of so oppositional to the nuance of human movement. So it was exciting to see it up there along with, you know, all the other Times Square craziness. <laughs> so Maya, let's talk a little bit more about dance. I know that we've touched on it, but your Instagram account features a lot of really cool dance videos in studios and in public spaces. <laughs> There's this one at the Atlantic Avenue subway stop that I love, and it's so fun Maybe it's because inside I feel like I am a gangly giraffe. Maybe on the outside I am too. But it's so fun and enjoyable to watch you dance. And you're also on Dance Magazine's 25 to Watch and 2020 list. So where does dance sit in your life right now to you? What role in your life, what sort of piece of the pie of your life does dance play? For me, dance is also something that exists totally separate from my work with technology. And I currently take classes a lot all over New York. Recently, I've been taking house dance classes, which is new for me at the <laughs> studio called EXVG. So for me, it's something that continually challenges me and is something that brings me so much joy and takes me away from looking at any screen. I spend, you know, hours just focused on movement and learning and training in what, you know, learning from whatever teacher I'm taking class from. And, you know, also, so that's what that's what I'm doing in the studio, but I also am just constantly dancing, walking around New York because I honestly <laughs> cannot help it. Um, so if I'm listening to music, I want to start moving immediately. Like if I go for a run, I can barely like make it the whole way without having to stop and dance a little bit. Um, That's amazing. So it's something that is... You're like a walking Apple ad. You know, do you remember those, uh, like, the original iPod ads where people yeah, were, like, dancing totally. in silhouette? Yeah, Yeah, I know. And so if for, for me, it's something that I feel like I can't not do. And that video in the subway station on my Instagram, I actually... I was going somewhere and the train was just taking really, really long and said it was going to be like 20 minutes or something. And so I figured I might as well just dance a little bit <laughs> while I waited. Um, so it's something that I will always prioritize, even if it's not the main thing that I do. It's not my main job or I'm not a professional dancer per se, but still it's something that is so important to me in my life. And I think I'll be doing it as long as I can. Do you just find a stranger to video you while <laughs> while you're hanging out in subway stations? No, Christina's like, I need the technicals of this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess for any dance video that you see, if it's not in a studio, in the studio often either the studio will videotape a uh, class or I'll ask someone to videotape uh, the choreography that we've just learned. But the ones that you see that are not in a dance studio are me just putting my phone on the ground, <laughs> in that case, the subway station, and just filming myself. And trusting that no one's going to just like pick it up and yeah, run off of Yeah, it. I mean, I'm watching it, you know, I'm keeping an eye on it while I'm dancing. <laughs> but um, Does it glance back? <laughs> that would be an interesting addition. <laughs> dance glance back.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Maya, you have this facility with the internet and with digital media, and certainly you have education and training in it. But it's so interesting to me that your handle on your website and your Instagram account is Maya on the Internet. And I wanted to ask you, what does life on the internet mean to you? What does it feel like? And does it feel different than life off the internet? Like, how do you make sense of this internet thing that we all deal with every day. I definitely have a love-hate relationship with the internet. It's incredible in so many ways. It connects so many people that find community online and I'm able to constantly learn from the internet and read things that maybe I wouldn't have access to otherwise or learn things on YouTube. You know, obviously it has so many benefits, but I think also I, I make my, my Instagram handle is Maya on the internet because I think I do separate who I am on the internet a little bit from who I am in real life off screen. And so to me, Maya on the internet or me putting content online is a representation of who I am off screen, um, IRL. But to me, it's not equivalent to you know who I am as a person because obviously any human is so much more nuanced and detailed than anyone could possibly represent online social media profile. And so to me, that's what it means to be. I, I enjoy putting putting myself online, putting my work online, putting, you know, details about my life online, but that isn't my entire life. So it's me on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> what are your tips for harnessing the best of the internet while staying sane through, the, <laughs> let's call them challenges yeah. of it. <laughs> I'm constantly experimenting to find more ways to use the internet mindfully. But things that I've found that work really well for me are, one, there is this platform that's called Arena. It's A-R-E dot N-A. And it is a platform where you can collect different links and images online and be able to start to kind of archive or bring together different things that you found on the internet. And to me, that's been useful as a mindful way to use the internet rather than just infinitely scrolling, using it more as a way to find things that inspire me and then save them as if I'm collecting things physically. So that site is really great and there are no ads or anything on there. And so it's also really fun to kind of go through and look at what other people are collecting or what other people find interesting. And so that tool for me has been really a useful way to engage with the internet, but in a more mindful way. I also have been starting to practice what my aunt recently released this book called 24-6, which is all about how she and her family take 24 hours a week to be completely off their screens. Her name is Tiffany Schlein, and she calls it Tech Shabbat. And so I've... Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's really great. And she's been doing it for a really long time. And I have been starting to try to do it to the extent that I'm able to in my own life. And it's been really useful 
useful to say, you know, okay, for for 24 hours, I'm going to take some time and be completely offline. I'm going to let the people know who need to know and write down, you know, any directions I need to know ahead of time or things like that. But having a set time to take a break from, you know, the constant flow of information that can come at you on the internet uh, has been a really useful practice for me as well. Wait, follow-up question though. You don't even use Google Maps on that day. Like on that you, day, you actually like pre-plan your travel and write yeah, down your directions. Yeah. So I, wow. I've, I've been doing it a few times and I do, if I'm going to an event or if I'm meeting up with someone, I'll write down the directions and I'll know where I'm going to be coming from. So I'll write them down beforehand. Very old school. I mean, I remember, I still remember discovering the map thing online oh, yeah. and and we used to like print out <laughs> i remember that printing out like map quest directions. printing out <laughs> the directions and bringing them in the car with you <laughs> wow do you have like an auto responder up on the day that you're not online so that no, people know i i should i'm, and I I'm fascinated by the I've christina loves an auto responder i do <laughs> <laughs> i usually tell the people that I think, who might be trying to contact me with anything that would need a more immediate response. But otherwise, I think, you know, it's not like I'm going on a seven-day vacation. It's maybe 24 hours, if that. Uh, and so I usually just expect that, you know, if someone is contacting me, I'll get back to them when I'm back online. And it's never been a problem. So <laughs> Now, does this include phone calls? Christine is like, I need brass tacks. Well, just, I mean, Maya, if you think break about it, it right? Like in a previous life when we had landlines, do you remember landlines? Oh, yeah. Those were a thing. <laughs> where like you could put your computer away, but people could still reach you if something were going wrong. Totally. But like now that our cell phone is also how you text, is also your directions, is also your Twitter, you know, rabbit hole, to step away from that one device really does cut you off. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I do remove apps from my phone all the time. Do like, you? I will remove Instagram and then reinstall it when I want to get back on. Yeah. Oh, me too. I, I do, do it on I the weekends. I do that too. Do you do that? <laughs> I want to yeah. Break. yeah. <laughs> and it always shocks me that I don't miss having Instagram when I don't have it. It's almost like, a you know, it's just so habitual to yeah. open it up if it's on my phone. Wow. Yeah. Maya, I'd love to just touch on your creative process a little bit because what we're talking about really... Reminds me of something that I was talking about with a friend recently where we were discussing just inspiration in the world of the internet and how sometimes it can feel like we're all just sort of looking at each other, right? Like that we're just constantly surrounded by images from other people and it's sort of difficult to feel like there's space to have original ideas come from. And so I'm just curious how do ideas come to you? Like what inspires you? Do you feel like you have to get offline to get inspired or being online inspires you just as much? I usually start with a question, not at all an answer. And so I've never, if I'm making a piece, I've never fully conceptualized it or fully thought it all the way through as I start making it. And that's just my personal process. But I usually start with a question like for glance back, you know, how can you document this daily 
weird relationship that you have with your computer or for paint me in pixels you know how can rendering a dancer digitally create a different portrait of their movement than when you're watching someone dance offline and so by starting with that question i'm able to start to think about how i would answer that in the way that i choose to make things so i usually start then by you know building a small you know what i like a small prototype of the idea and testing that out. And then based it, based on how that goes, I take it further and further and further. But a lot of the kind of, you know, answers or end vision that comes, comes only step by step for me. Um, and I think that's really helpful because it is really hard to feel like, oh, I have this idea and this is exactly how it's going to be. And now all I have to do is make it for me. There's a lot that happens in between thinking of an idea and then starting to investigate it further and further and further before it ever even evolves into what I start to see as uh, an end vision. As someone who seems so prolific, you've created so many things. Do you have a bunch of projects going on at once or do you like to answer one question to completion? There's part of me that would love to say that, you know, I just start a project and I take it all the way through and I finish it <laughs> and then I do my next project because that sounds really nice and organized. I, I would um, love to be able to say yeah. that, too. <laughs> but <laughs> that's like... totally not how it is for me. Um, yeah. A lot of times I'm parallel processing lots of different projects at once. And it depends on the amount of time I have and what I'm really into at the moment. And so there are projects that... I usually have to set aside a lot of time to go deep into one project. So like a full, full day on a weekend to, you know, take the next step in a project. But then that doesn't mean that I'm only going to work on that, you know, until it's finished. Last year, I, for several weeks, I had this practice where I was reading one art and design book a week. Um, and I use reading as a loose term because some of them were mostly just visual books. But we'll count it. <laughs> yeah. And so I was I was reading one art and design book a week and then, cr and then coding a sketch based on that book, finding something in that that inspired me. And, and that was a really useful practice for me because it wasn't about creating, you know, my next big project, but instead it was a small scale, very contained creative exercise that was useful to kind of help me generate new ideas. And then inevitably I learned new skills or picked up new technologies by creating the sketches that I wanted to make that informed the projects I did later on. So it's a balance between making things big and small, but I like to have both going on. I love that practice. It's basically like a digital sketchbook. Yeah, totally. So what questions are you thinking about now? What comes next? So right now I've been thinking about printing, actually, which is a medium that I'm, as a technologist and whose work exists up to this point solely digitally, I haven't thought about that a lot before, but I just finished a piece that's called Not a Picture, But an Event. That quote is pulled from Harold Rosenberg's 1952 essay about American action painters like Jackson Pollock or Willem de Kooning, who painted with their full body all over the canvas. And I was really interested in that and thinking about how I often document dance with my full body, but then render that as, you know, color on a digital canvas using a computer. I also simultaneously have become really interested in the process of risograph printing. That process is kind of like screen printing where the ink is directly applied to paper. You print it in layers, so color by color. And so I've started thinking about, you know, 
for a long time, I've been creating work that transfers my movement to a screen. But now I'm thinking about how do you transfer my movement to a screen, but then also to a print. So that's something that's exciting that I'm exploring now. That's awesome. Yeah. That really excites me. I love the tangibility. Is that a word? Tangibility? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make it one now. <laughs> of that, and also being able to compare and contrast what something feels like in your hands versus in your hands, but on a screen. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a very different feeling to be able to print something out and hand someone a physical object versus showing them something that, sure, they could find anytime online, but it doesn't have that same physical representation. Christina, I'm so struck by how Maya is able to use technology in these really innovative ways. And at the same time, she's really exploring our relationship to it. Oh, for sure. I also really love how she's being so thoughtful about privacy and users and the role of code and computer programmers in building the future. Yeah. By the way, I just downloaded Glance back. I am eagerly awaiting my first (laughs) dead-eyed computer photo. (laughs) I will text it to you. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Also, Okay, can we talk about Tech Shabbat? I'm obsessed with this idea. Okay, we must. So this is my most wanted tech practice, (laughs) but also the one that I'm the most nervous about, Mm. especially now that I have a baby. Like, how am I supposed to Google things to make sure she's not dying if I can't use my phone for 24 hours? Yeah, you know, it's such an astute point, Christina. And and I loved how you were like, okay, what happens to directions, phone calls? Is an autoresponder involved? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's just that we've collapsed all these things that we used to use a bunch of different technologies for, Mm. like maps and calculators and, I don't know, Encyclopedia (laughs) Britannicas. And now it's all just on your smartphone. So if we put our phone away for a day each week, what are we supposed to do instead? I mean, do you still have a complete set of encyclopedias on your shelves? I don't, and I'm sad about that. (laughs) (laughs) I really am. But, you know, Christina, what we're talking about reminds me of our conversation back in episode 73 three, creative destruction, when you had just gotten back from a largely phone-free yoga retreat in Mexico, and you talked about how you'd love to find a way to leave your phone in a box on the weekends. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I do. Recently, on that note, a friend invited me to a brick event in L.A., which are these phone-free events. So they had these 90s VHS cases under each person's seat, you know, like the puffy ones. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like the Disney videos. Yeah, exactly. And we all put our phones inside for the duration of the event. So the idea is that you turn your phone into a literal brick for the time that you're there. You know, I had no idea going in that it was a phone-free event, and so I slightly panicked, but it ended up being highly (laughs) fulfilling. And I have to tell you, Christina, I was amazed at how many people were there. So I think there's an interesting distinction between the phone itself and the internet, right? Mm. So... What I loved about being in Mexico was where I was, I didn't have any service. So I could still take pictures on my phone, but I wasn't wasting time on Instagram. Or Uh. I could read a book on my Kindle app, but not fall down the Twitter rabbit hole. 
Right. So I guess I'm saying I want the discipline to put my phone on airplane mode or something. Yes, I love that. I think that's such an important distinction. You know, I also like to continue to think about less extreme ways to curb my use. Like, you know, there's Mm -hmm. apps to track phone use, like Moment or, you know, I just got a new iPhone and built in, it sent me this report the other day and it said, like, how many pickups I had during the day or during the week. And it was Mm -hmm. honestly terrifying. I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) It was a very, very clear mirror. But, you know, I think that can be really helpful to assess. Or have you heard of this whole grayscale movement where you turn your phone to black and white? Yeah, I've tried it, actually. It is helpful. The problem is the second you go to take a photo... (laughs) <laughs> Grayscale is not useful. <laughs> so I like I kept toggling it off to yeah. use the camera app yeah, I and then the I just thing. left it off. But totally. So it reminds me actually, there's another phone called the Light Phone. And it kind of reminds me of phones from the early two thousands. So Ooh. it's a it's an actual phone that you then connect to your existing, you know, iPhone, Android, whatever, and then you leave your smartphone at home. So you can place calls, you can send really basic texts, so no emojis, um, and you can (laughs) set an alarm. And that's literally all it does. But it's all grayscale and text only. So it's meant to cut down on the endless scrolling and the addiction of the icons and the bright colors and the apps. It really is kind of a retro throwback to what phones were like 20 years ago. And it seems kind of crazy to buy a second phone to curb your phone usage, but it could be pretty awesome. I don't know. I might okay. try it. Christina, this has got me firing on all cylinders because <laughs> I am, I have to tell you, I'm this close to getting a flip phone. And the only reason I haven't is really because of needing to use apps like Instagram, right? And I also just, the idea of having something that feels rotary-esque is very exciting mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> so this week, think about ways that you can create sanity for yourself in your relationship to technology and your phone. And let us know what you find. We love hearing your updates and questions. And you can reach us on, yes, Twitter and Instagram at TLDNEpod or email us at hello at TLDNEpodcast.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 833-HI-TLDNE. That's 833-448-5363. And don't forget to dial the extension 803 when you call to leave a voicemail. We love voicemail and extra bonus points if you call us using a rotary phone or one of those like (laughs) 90 cell phones that was so big with the antenna. Send us a pic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And we will link to GlanceBack, PoseNet, Maya's Medium article all about that cool Bill T. Jones project, mm-hmm. her website and social media accounts, which are chock full of cool stuff like the Subway Stop dance break, and links to all of the tools that we've been talking about. And you can find that at tldnepodcast.com slash 107. Thanks so much to our producer, Maya Cole, and to you for tuning in. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts if you like what you heard. It really helps us get the word out to fellow human Venn diagrams. Until next time, remember, the the limit limit does does not exist. exist. (laughs) (laughs) The Limit Does Not Exist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below-market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.